This episode is brought to you by Nexus Law Group. For those seeking positive career change, Nexus Law Group offers senior lawyers the freedom of sole practice with all of the support and infrastructure you need so that you can focus on what you do best, practicing law. Contact Nexus to find out how you can take the next step towards a more rewarding legal career. Find out more on the Join Us page at nexuslawyers.com.au. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, I'm Lucy Dickens. If you're a long-time listener of the podcast, welcome back. Thank you for making the Doing Law Differently podcast part of your weekly routine. Make sure you leave me a rating and review if you haven't already. If you're new here, I'm Lucy Dickens. I'm a lawyer and legal innovator and now a best-selling author of It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life, which I describe as a blueprint for designing a modern legal business. On this podcast, I speak to leaders in law who are doing law differently and really look to discover some of the what, why and how that make their business a success. I also work closely with a handful of lawyers who are looking to change their business to a more relevant model and one that's really a better fit for their lives. And that's really the theme that I want to address today. It's a theme that comes up time and time again in the work that I do and in the conversations I have with legal professionals all around the world in terms of what does it take to run a successful law firm or what I'm calling the four essential elements to success. This is something I've written about in my book so if it's a topic that you're interested in exploring more you can read about it in my book but today I'm just going to share an insight really into some of the ideas and themes that I think are essential to running a legal business. Before I begin, though, I wanted to say one last thank you to Law CPD and Nexus Law Group for sponsoring this episode. You've heard the messages from them as part of the introduction to the show, so please do take a look at their websites if they're of interest to you. I really am grateful for their support in helping me to bring the podcast to you, and I do completely support what they do. I'm obviously very careful to make sure that I partner with people who I think share similar values to me and people who I would work with myself, so definitely go and check out Nexus Law Group if you're looking at a different way of practicing law and also Law CPD if you're after some CPD. Don't forget to use DLD25 for your $25 off. Are you a lawyer who needs CPD? I've teamed up with Law CPD to make that task easier for you. Law CPD provide premium CPD for Australian lawyers and they offer so much more than just another webinar. Law CPD's courses are online, on-demand, interactive learning. Law CPD are offering Doing Law Differently listeners $25 off of their first purchase using the code DLD25. There are over 100 courses across all competency areas, so visit lawcpd.com.au to find your next CPD course and make sure you use the code DLD25 for your $25 off. Now, I want to set the scene for this episode by telling you a story about Mark. Mark is not this person's real name, but Mark is somebody who I have coached over the last year or so. Now, Mark spent a few years in private practice, and then he took the leap and decided to set up his own law firm. He's now a couple of years in, and he's enjoying his work. He's got a clear goal and vision for his future in terms of what he thinks his business is going to look like. 
He very quickly made up the income that he would have made if he'd have stayed at his old gig, um, which I know is something that's always on not far from the top of most people's minds when they decide to take this leap. But now he's at the stage where he feels like he's established and he's really trying to build and grow his firm. He knows that in order to make a success of his business, he needs to put in some hard work. So he's spending a lot of time working to deliver the best to his clients. And he doesn't want to turn down any work because he's really in that growth phase, which means that he is dedicating a whole lot of time to his business. Now, he recently, when I first started working with him, he had recently hired his first employee, but things didn't go too well. He didn't have the time to supervise and to train his new staff member because he was too busy doing legal work himself. He didn't want to let his clients down. He wanted to make sure all the work was the highest of standards. And he was really focused on building those relationships with his clients himself. After all, it was his business. So his new team member was left feeling frustrated and underutilized. And Mark was feeling frustrated and a bit annoyed because he was paying the staff member who wasn't really much used to him through no fault of their own, but really because Mark just couldn't find the time to help train them. Somewhere along our first conversation, Mark said he had a penny drop moment and he said to me, I'm basically an employed lawyer. I may as well go and get a job and draw a salary because I'm too busy doing legal work to help train my staff or to work on business development. This is a really common story and I've used Mark as a generic name, but really Mark could be any number of people who I speak to or I work with, or I'm sure you listening to this podcast might recognize parts of Mark in yourself, whether it might be today where you're at on your journey or perhaps sometime in the past. Because Mark really isn't alone. Someone else who I was speaking to who'd been in business for 21 years, she confessed to me, I need to learn how to run a business. I'm still not 100% sure that I'm doing it right. And these kind of revelations that Mark and this second business owner have had are really at the heart of today's topic. To build a successful business that also lets you have a life and have time for all the other things that are important in the world you really need to stop being the technician, stop being the lawyer who does all of the legal work and start being the entrepreneur who is the visionary for the business, the person who's really focused on helping move the business forward. I recently spoke to a class of JD students at the University of Western Australia and I asked them to brainstorm with me after sharing those two stories. I asked them to brainstorm with me what are the essential elements of a successful law firm. And it was really interesting to get their views. I had a mix of students that were in their final year at UWA studying the Juris Doctor. So they'd all done a degree of some sort uh, before starting the JD. There were a couple of business students in there. But it was really interesting to get the variety of responses that they gave me. I'll read a couple of them out to you. So they told me that to run a successful business, we would need things like resources. I'm not quite sure what that one was. Um, When I dived a bit deeper, I was told computers, but, you know, resources generally, yes, methods of delivery, technology, integrity, which was a really interesting one, a variety of skills, team, leadership, client base, legal knowledge, strategic plan, point of difference, capital, market knowledge, marketing, practicing certificates, and some clever students said that we needed insurance, and I was very pleased that someone had recognized that. Look, you get the idea. There's a, they really gave me quite a wide range of things that they think are essential to a successful business. And after they started sharing these 
ideas with me, they too realised the point of the stories that I had shared before. And that is that Mark and many of the other lawyers who I have spoken to are focusing just on the practice of law. And that is where they're going wrong in terms of running their business. They're not taking a holistic approach as an entrepreneur would do if they were taking charge of the business and trying to lead it into the future. They're instead stuck in what is just one of the quadrants for success, which is the practice of law, the legal work. So I've given you an insight into what the uni students say are essential elements to success. And I'd encourage you, if you have a minute before you listen on any further, to just press pause and think about that question for yourself. What do you think are the essential elements of success for a legal business? And when you've done that, I'll talk you through mine. So I've categorised these into four groups. There is some overlap between the four, but you'll get the gist and you'll get the idea as I start to talk you through. So the first element of law firm success is the practice of law. Now, this will come as no surprise because we all know we need to have the legal knowledge and skills that are necessary to deliver legal services. You know, the castle style vibe is only going to get you so far. You need to understand the law. And ultimately, it is that understanding of the law and the professional obligations that come with a practicing certificate that separate law firms from other businesses because legal services must be provided by legal practitioners. So no one disputes this. I joked with the students at UWA that no client has ever asked me to see my graduation certificate from uni or no one's ever cared that I got first class honours and nobody's ever asked to see my practising certificate either. But those things are just taken as essentials because they are the basic, they're the foundation. You need to have the legal knowledge and skills to deliver legal services. The practice of law is that first element. And I mentioned before, one of the students told me that we needed insurance. I was very grateful for that contribution. You also need insurance, so don't forget that one. Okay, the second element to law firm success is what I've broadly called the business of law. I say often that I think success in the modern era really comes down to treating your law firm like any other business. Ironically, one of the biggest challenges I had to overcome when I wrote my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, was the challenge that we all face from time to time when we become an expert at something, when things kind of become like second nature. And I was battling this myself because I thought that everybody saw the world the same way. And everybody knows now that if they're running a law firm, they need to start thinking about some of these business concepts. It's just obvious. But the truth is that the feedback I've had is along the lines of, wow, I never thought about it that way. I was never taught to think about these kinds of business concepts. This is all new to me. So just goes to show how important it is that we have to push through some of those challenges. So business of law, what does that mean to me? Well, I say it's about a number of things, but let me give you some examples. Understanding different pricing models and fee arrangements, thinking beyond selling time for money and how else we can package and deliver our services. Financial management. So this is understanding the balance sheet, being able to interpret a profit and loss and understanding whether your business is actually a success, bearing in mind that the fact that you might be charging $400 an hour for however many hours a day doesn't necessarily mean that your business is making a profit. Modern marketing, branding, those kinds of concepts that go with inbound marketing as opposed to the traditional outbound marketing 
And I'm not necessarily going to dive deep into all of these topics in this episode. This is really just to get you thinking about these elements. And the fourth one that I wanted to share here is customer experience. How many of you think about your client experience within your law firm and how that can really transform and in some cases be the difference between a successful and an unsuccessful or maybe a less successful law firm? I really enjoy talking about the business of law. It's one of my favorite topics to discuss with people and particularly when I'm mentoring other lawyers. I find it a really interesting topic because when I start to talk to people about these kinds of concepts, particularly customer experience, you can see how their minds shift and how all of a sudden it almost opens up a whole new world of opportunities that they see within their business that they hadn't recognized before when they were just focused on that first quadrant, which is being the legal expert. Now, don't get me wrong, being the legal expert is important, but these other elements are just as essential to success. Over the last few years, we've really had a focus on customer experience within our law firm and really transitioned from developing products, say, 10 years or so ago that, yes, solved a problem, but were really focused on a legal issue to now solving the problem and solving the legal issue, giving the legal advice, still providing the legal element, but with a real, real focus on the experience that clients have with us. Um, Almost so that that's at the forefront is we really want to focus on the customer experience because the legal part is a given. And that has really been transformative in this business. There is some debate about the idea of treating a law firm like a business because some argue that there's a duty of care or a standard of professionalism that differentiates a legal practice from a business. But at the end of the day, you are running a business. Even if you're a traditional lawyer selling your time for money, it's a business. And you can still treat your business as a business and be a professional at the same time, focusing on marketing and customer experience and financial management and pricing and all of the things, and there are more, but all of the things that kind of fall into this business of law category, don't diminish the fact that you are also a professional. So that's the business of law. The next component is people. Because at the heart of almost all of the things we do, if we really dive deep into the issues that we deal with day to day, most of them relate back to people in one way or another. I say we should think about people in three categories, self, staff and your customers. Starting with yourself, you really need to think about why are you in this business? What's your business's why, to borrow from Simon Sinek? What's your purpose and how do those things relate? How do you tie together your personal values with your business's mission? What do you want from the business? Why did you start it in the first place? What's the purpose? And also importantly, how does it fit with the other components of your life? I really do think you have to get that right as a business leader. And if you can get that right, it really sets the foundations for success. To take two examples, one of the law firm leaders who I did some coaching with last year had a vision for his business to build it and sell it. And in 10 years time, he was going to sell the business and leave the law to go and do something else. Compare that vision with another who I've done coaching with, whose vision was to work in her business, replace her income from her employed job, and then go and have a baby. Now, she wanted, if she could, to set the business up so that it could keep operating while she went and had a baby and took some time off to learn the ropes of new motherhood. But her real focus was to just to make the income uh, and to hopefully set it up for somebody else to take over. If that didn't happen, well, well, so be it. She'd have her baby and she'd come back when she was ready. 
But you can see that those two people had a really clear vision about what they wanted from their business. And now that they have figured that out, what they were doing day to day would really vary. The priorities for business owner A who wanted to build the business to sell it were very different to the day-to-day priorities for business owner B who wanted to build the business so that she could take a break from it. And it's really important to have an understanding of what that is for you so that you can really prioritize and work out how should you be spending your time and what are the business priorities for you given that bigger picture. The second category of people I say is staff and this is all about having a positive and supportive culture or a healthy culture or however you describe your culture. (laughs) What does it mean to you? What does a good culture look like to you? And then how do you do it? How do you prioritize it? Because that can be the tricky thing. It's one thing to say this is what we stand for as a business but it's really another thing to then go and implement that. And to keep it top of mind, particularly when the other pressures of business take over. As I record this episode, I'm recording it in early February and we have just gone into a five-day lockdown in Perth because of the COVID. And I've been watching online Katrina McLeod, who is a partner at Cullen McLeod, a law firm who's local to me here in Perth, has been delivering chocolate and wine to her staff who are all working remotely. And she's had a little bit of a joke saying, we're going to deliver you your uh, laptops and any essentials that you need for for work, but we're also going to bring you wine because that's an essential for lockdown. And it really made me smile. And it's just one example that you can see clearly how culture is really important to that firm and just one of the ways that they make it really clear and make it known that they care about the people who work for them. But you can also see from that example that it has to be prioritised. It's one thing to think, oh, we could send our staff a a gift while they're on lockdown. And it's another thing to actually make it happen because you can imagine that quite a lot of effort and energy went into delivering um, wine or whatever it is to, I don't know, I think they've got 30 odd staff members. So you get the idea. Culture, staff is really, really important, but it has to be prioritised I read a quote on LinkedIn last night, actually, that said, culture isn't the standard you preach, it's the standard you accept. And I really think that's true when it comes to your staff. The third category of people is customers. And this is about knowing who they are and understanding what they want so that you can design and deliver your services in a way that really appeals to them. Whenever I'm talking about customer centricity, I always share the example of Nest Legal. They're one of my favorite examples to share because I think they do this so, so well. I interviewed Laura Vickers, who is the founder of Nest Legal earlier on on the podcast. I'll link you the episode in the show notes. Um, But go and listen if customer centricity or focusing on people is something that is a priority for you. Laura shares some examples of how they do that and why they do that in their firm. To summarise, Laura, uh, Nest Legal act for busy people. So they describe themselves as lawyers for busy people. And they know that their clients don't necessarily have time to be hanging out in lawyers' offices. So they have been very intentional about designing their services in ways that are really going to suit their clients. They offer after hours and weekend appointments. They offered Zoom appointments even before COVID. (laughs) Um, They have toys and snacks in their office for kids. So if people are coming in quickly to sign documents, there's a little corner where their children can be entertained. And those are just some of the examples. But it's really, really clear from listening to Laura and looking at her website and understanding a bit of the way her business operates, that people are really important to them and their customers are really important to them. 
And at the end of the day, no one is going to have a successful business if we don't have any customers. So they are an essential part of making your business a success. I've recently finished reading a book by Andrew Griffiths, his most recent book, which is called Someone Has to Be the Most Expensive, It Might As Well Be You or It May As Well Be You. And one of the things that he talks about in this book is that being the most expensive is one thing, but in order to be the most expensive, you have to be the best. So he unpacks what does it mean to be the best. And one of the things that he says is that to be the best, you have to love your customers. It's not enough for these kinds of ideas about culture and customers to be a kind of a ticker box. I care for my customers, so I will offer video. That's not enough. We have It has to be genuine. We have to genuinely care about our people or love our people, as Andrew would put it. And ultimately, law is about human relationships. So these things are essential. And I think it can be really helpful to really think about your business in terms of those three categories. So yourself as the business owner, or if you're not the business owner, yourself in the position that you have in your business. So what is your role and how does that fit within the rest of the questions that I asked at the beginning? So ask yourself the same questions. Why this role? What's my purpose? What am I trying to achieve here? How does this fit with the other components of my life? Your staff and your customers. So that's people. And that leads us to The fourth element for law firm success, which I call legal operations. Now, when I talk about legal operations, I'm talking about how to make your business operate more efficiently and effectively. So I'm talking about things like your use of technology, defining and improving processes, how to automate repetitive tasks, which is one of my all-time favorite things to do. I love asking myself, What can I change so that I never have to do this again? And then when I never have to do it again, because it's been automated or it's been delegated or it's even better, we just eliminated it somehow. That's really, really satisfying. Other things that are part of operations, I say, are optimizing performance, managing your intellectual property and managing your knowledge as well as a law firm. It's really interesting to think about legal operations in this way, and it's quite broad, but ultimately, I think a really helpful comparison for legal operations is to think about this. And I always share this analogy when I'm talking about legal operations, particularly when I'm talking about systems. So ask yourself this question. If you were going to bake a cake, would you do it without a recipe? What would you do? If you were baking a cake Would you go and pull out an old recipe book or perhaps you'd go to Google and search for a recipe for your favorite cake or some fancy cake maybe that you haven't made before? And the truth is that most of us, in fact, whenever I've asked this question, there has been a unanimous 100% of people in the room who have told me, no, I wouldn't even attempt to bake without a recipe. Me personally, I can make a Victoria sponge, which is the most basic of basic cakes without a recipe. And that's about as good as it gets. But look, I'm I'm getting distracted here. Would you bake a cake without a recipe? Probably not. And the reason is that we know that we can use the recipe to really deliver us with the best results. We know that by following in in the footsteps of someone who's gone before us, we get to make the most of the people who have learned that we need to add the ingredients in the right order or that it's really important to measure and make sure that we've got the right amount of flour for this cake or that we need to keep the door shut because if we open the oven door too early, then the cake's going to sink in the middle. All of those things are really essential. And we know that to get the best result with our cake, we're going to follow the recipe. We're going to follow the method of someone who's gone before. But when it comes to our legal work, while we might be interested in case law precedents, 
the vast majority of lawyers, at least in the way they practice law, don't go and look for the recipe or the method. They dive in instead. They've got their whisk ready to go and they've got a client in front of them and they just want to get started to make this cake. And that's where I think often we go wrong or and changing that focus to focus on understanding the method and looking for the precedent and following the recipe that somebody else has figured out before us can really be an essential part of making your business operations more successful. And I do say that successful business operations and systems in particular, comparing the method of making a cake to the method of delivering legal services can really be the difference between a business that rises and one that sinks. The better your operations, the more time you can free up, the more you can reduce dependency on yourself and on other key people in the business. The more you can become the entrepreneur and really adopt and adapt, and the more you can become the entrepreneur and really adapt that role of being the visionary and the leader of the business, as opposed to spending too much time with your head in a client file and not giving the business the leadership and the direction that it really needs. I could talk about operations for a long time, but I'm not going to. This is really just to get you thinking about these kinds of concepts and ideas. There's lots more about this topic in my book. If you're interested, you can have a look there. So those are the four elements to success as a law firm. Number one is the practice of law. Number two, the business of law. Number three, people. And four, legal operations. You might be the best lawyer in town, but if you don't understand the business of running a law firm and you make no effort to improve your business operations, your success is always going to be limited by your hourly rate times by the number of hours you bill. And even still, you can be the most efficient law firm in town, but if you don't have a good understanding of the people you serve, your clients won't be interested in buying your service. And likewise, if you don't have a good understanding or take care of the people who work for you, you're not going to have a healthy workplace culture, which will result in staff turnover and all those kinds of things. These four elements are not linear, they're circular, and each of the elements depends on each of the others. And as I've been explaining these to you, you might have thought that there's quite a bit of overlap, and that's because there is. These are the categories that I have come up with that help me to think about what are the essential elements that I need to consider when leading our law firm. You might need to place different emphasis on each of the elements at different times and for different purposes. And you might prioritize people, for example, for this quarter and perhaps one of the other elements at a different time. And that's fine as long as you understand that no one element in isolation is going to lead you to success. So think back to Mark and the other lawyers like him. Maybe you see parts of Mark's story in yourself. The trap that most law firm owners fall into is that they think they're building a business when in fact they're creating a job. And the reason for this is because they focus only on the practice of law and they don't spend enough time thinking about contemplating or designing strategies for or providing leadership around these other concepts around the business of law, people and legal operations. So you need to shift your mindset from one that focuses on the practice of law to one that focuses on how does the business need to work. And like I said at the beginning, success really comes down to approaching what we do with some business savvy. And the future of law is really all about law firms becoming much more like other businesses. So if those are the four quadrants for a successful legal business, I'd encourage you to reflect on your business. Ask yourself 
what's working well, what's not working well, what's perhaps non-existent within those quadrants, what are your priorities in each of those four quadrants. I've put together a worksheet that will be linked in the show notes for you to help work that out, which has those four quadrants listed there and you can use it to sort of brainstorm and jot down your ideas. But ultimately, I think what you should come up with is a priority in each of those four quadrants for however long you kind of do your planning. I like to do quarterly planning. So I would say come up with your priority for the next three months in each of those four quadrants. Let me know what you think. I'd be interested to hear what your priorities are. I'd be interested to hear if you'd thought about your business in terms of these four elements or if these ideas are kind of new to you and if so, what they have sparked in you. If you do want to explore this more or you want to dive in and get some more detail around these topics, my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, is available now on lucydickins.com.au forward slash book if you want a signed copy or Booktopia or Amazon for a paperback or for an ebook version. Once again, I want to thank Nexus Law Group and Law CPD for sponsoring this episode. Do check them out. Nexus in particular are well and truly across this. And one of the great things about Nexus is that they take care of some of these four elements for you. So you really can focus just on your practice of law if that's what you're good at. And we all have our strengths. I know for some of you listening, that's exactly where you want to be, which is fine. I would just say get Nexus to do the rest for you so that your business can still focus in some sense on operations and people and the business of law concepts so that they're not completely missing. Check out Nexus, nexuslawyers.com.au. And a reminder also about Law CBD, use the code DLD25 for $25 off of your first course. That's all this week. I'm really looking forward to your feedback on this episode and your thoughts and reflections as you contemplate these four essential elements for law firm success. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week with another interview. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, How to Reshape Your Firm and Regain Your Life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.